When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Joe Beningo back with you again. The Older Paint Podcast. Monday, March 27th. 2023 in the Joe Beningo Order Paint Podcast, of course, brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by Anita Discount Tire, and of course, our good friends at DraftKings. All right, so so here we are now. We got baseball is going to be starting on Thursday. We'll get to that. Aaron Rodgers, of course, still not a jet as we continue the ongoing saga, if and when it will ever happen. My daughter, who's here from Alabama downstairs, making an appearance very early in the morning, uh, Lauren. Doing a doing a, an outstanding job, so let's give her a little shout out. Uh, anyway, still waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make his freaking appearance. God knows when the hell that's going to happen. I don't know, but I got to start with the NCAA tournament. Let me ask you this question: Who had? Is there anybody? You can't tell me there cannot be anybody. Maybe some like eight year old that just was messing around. You tell me who had this Final Four because I I don't think it's. Anybody possibly had it. There's no number one. There's no number two. There's no number three. I think the highest seeded team left is UConn, which was a fourth seed. And that's it. You have three teams that have never been to the Final Four before. Uh, obviously, UConn has. UConn's won four national championships already. They're going for their fifth. It's funny with UConn. This will be their sixth Final Four appearance in the previous five <clears throat> they won it four to five times. So, you know, of course, three times under Jim Calhoun, once of, under uh, Kevin Ollie, and now they'll see if they can do it under uh, Bobby, uh, excuse me, Danny Hurley. And, of course, uh, they will be the favorite uh, uh, to win it here. But the first time since 1970 that three of the four teams will be going to the Final Four for the first time. It's unbelievable. San Diego, San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic. Really? Who had that on one? One of these two teams is going to be playing for the championship on Monday night. And on the other side of the ledger, you got the uh, the teams from the uh, the power basketball conferences anyway, because UConn, you know, the Big East is a power basketball conference, there's no doubt. And the other one, of course, is Miami out of the ACC. And it's funny because Miami, a very down year in the ACC, and yet here they are. So the first time that three of the four teams will be going to the Final Four for the first time since 19. 19- 1970. So that is unbelievable. 53 years ago. And for those who, you know, historians like me, UCLA obviously was the one team that had been there before as they were going uh, going for their fourth consecutive championship in 1970. The other three teams, New Mexico State, St. Bonaventures with Bob Lanier, and of course that Jacksonville team with Artis Gilmore and Pembroke Burroughs the third and 
Rex Morgan and all those guys. So those were, that is the last time that you had three teams make it to the Final Four for the first time, uh, 1970, 53 years ago, and it happens again today. Uh, I got to start with this, okay? And UConn's going to be the favorite. I mean, they should be. Uh, they've really blown everybody away. I mean, they just, you know, I was I was, <clears throat> I was looking forward Saturday night to a big heavyweight matchup between UConn and Gonzaga, and UConn just blew their doors off. They beat them by 28 points. They've really dominated everybody they played uh, so far in the tournament, starting with Iona and then St. Mary's and then, and then Arkansas and then, uh, you know, to Gonzaga. They have dominated everybody so far that they have played. Uh, Adamus Sonogo, uh, the kid uh, – Jordan Hawkins, and this is a really good basketball team. You know, I would put them as a favorite, but Miami is tough. How about the way Miami came back yesterday? They were down 13. Texas looked like they were in total control of of the uh, regional final game, and then Miami went by them like they were standing still in in the last, you know, 10 minutes of the game and wound up winning the game by seven points. Jim Laranega going to the uh, final four. He becomes one of the select few coaches in college basketball history that have actually now gone to to the final four with two different schools. Uh, He did it, of course, with George Mason. How many years ago that was? And and remember, they beat UConn in the regional final that year to get to the final four. So here's Laranaga uh, pitted against again, again against UConn in the uh, national semifinals. So Laranaga, Joining a bunch of guys, uh, Lute Olson, who did it with Arizona and Iowa. And, of course, the two guys that have done it with three different schools, John Calipari, who did it with UMass, Memphis, and Kentucky. And, of course, Rick Pitino, who did it with Providence, Kentucky, and Louisville. So a very, very short list. I, I was trying to think of anybody else. I mean, that might be the only four that I can think of anyway that have been to the Final Four with two different schools. I'm trying to think, did Frank McGuire do it with, Al- with St. John's? Frank McGuire might have did it with St. John's and, uh, and uh, North Carolina. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about him, but I'm sure about those other four guys. But one thing I am sure about, only Patino and, and Calipari have done it with three different teams. So you're going to have Miami and UConn on one side of the ledger, and then San Diego State, Florida, Atlantic on the other side of the ledger. How about, and I got to say this, you know, you hear me all the time. Get just get crazy about the officiating in the NFL. It stinks. The officiating, you know how I feel. And it's bad enough that I got to watch NFL games and see the absolutely shit officiating that we see in the National Football League. And of course, there's our good buddy Gene Steratore, right? The rules analyst for the NFL. I got to deal with him during the football season. And then I got to deal with this guy in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I know, look, I, I know Steratore referee in the NFL. I understand he refereed college basketball. I get it. Do I need to see Gene Steratore in the NCAA tournament? And how about the way, I mean, how, how does it make you, how about the way San Diego State wound up winning the game against Creighton yesterday? Boy, oh boy. Creighton got so freaking hosed in this game. It's unbelievable. You know, we talk about the over-officiating in the National Football League. Let me tell you something. Nothing is more over-officiated than the NCAA tournament. Oh, my God. I mean, it is ridiculous. And and the foul they called at the with the game on the line, here it is, San Diego State and Creighton, 56-56 is the score, right? San Diego, has this, San Diego State has the ball with a chance to win it 
within the closing four or five seconds of the game. Kid from San Diego State goes up for a shot. 1.2 seconds left. Misses the shot. They call a very, very ticky-tack foul on Creighton, and it winds up deciding the game. I mean, what, the, what is that? The kid makes one out of two free throws at Creighton, and uh, San Diego State wins by a point. Uh, you can't make that call. How the hell do you make that call? I mean, these, these officials, they can't wait to blow the damn whistle. Give me a break. I mean, that was, yeah, I understand, yeah, you know, uh, the kid the kid from uh, Creighton had his hand on the kid from San Diego State. He kind of had his hand on his side, whatever, as he's going up for the shot. You can't make that call. I mean, and we saw, we saw it. And we, we, these are championship games. This is a championship game. You cannot decide a championship freaking game with that kind of call with one second left. You want to make the call with 10 minutes to go in a game? Okay, I'll live with that. You make that call with a second left to decide who's going to win the game? It was the same crap we saw in the Super Bowl. Same shit. Same thing. They, that terrible, uh, uh, on James Bradbury of the Eagles, that terrible illegal contact penalty in the closing seconds that basically decided the game. Gave gave the Chiefs a first down, and the game was over at the end of the game. It would have been fourth down. The Chiefs would have probably had to kick a field goal. The Eagles would have had, uh, you know, over a minute to come back and try to tie or win the game. And the, the officials decided to call a ticky-tack, terrible you know, very, very questionable illegal contact call on Bradbury and hand the, hand the Super Bowl to Kansas City. And we saw the same thing in the game yesterday between Creighton and San Diego State. You can't make that call. You know, this nonsense about letter of the law officiating is bullshit. I, I, I really. But these games, these college basketball, I mean, these, the, the over-officiating. And then <clears throat> the fact that you know, in the last two minutes of the game, you're watching a great game. It's going along. It's flying along, right? Top top flight action. Then all, you know, close game, you know, back and forth. Then you get into the last two minutes, minute and a half of the game, and it takes, it takes three hours to finish the damn game. Between the fouling, between the timeouts that are called, between the stupid, ridiculous reviewing of every little, you know, did the ball go out of bounds off this team? Is this a flagrant foul? Did, you know, did the guy knock the guy down purposely? Did he belt him in the jaw? I mean, it's unbelievable. And then they take a goddamn half hour to figure out what the call is. And at that point, you're like, oh, I don't even give a damn anymore about the game. I, I just, I, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the over-officiating in the NCAA tournament is brutal. Nobody calls it out. Nobody says a freaking word about it. You know, I do all the time in the NFL, and I'm doing it now. That was a joke yesterday. You know, Greg McDermott, the head coach of Creighton, was beside himself, and he should be. And, and I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear what he had to say in the locker room after the game or in a press conference, I should say, after the game. I hope he ripped the officials because there was no need to make that call. You bet Creighton got hosed. Maybe they would have lost the game anyway, but this game should have went into overtime. And then we should find out, let's go out there and legitimately decide who wins this game instead of make, having some freaking, uh, you know, uh, third-rate referee, third-rate official making a crappy call, right, that decides the game at the end. Give me a break. Oh, man. Was I ticked off by I, I Oh, God. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm watching the women's tournament too. And uh, I tell you, you know, it's funny. 
I actually am more excited for the women's final four than the men's. Can you believe this? They got some big matches. Now, we'll see South Carolina, who's the unbelievable Lady Gamecocks, who've won 40 consecutive games, and clearly the number one team in the country. Uh, you know, and basically, as far, as far as I'm concerned, it's 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 them and everybody else in this tournament. They play Maryland tonight to try to get to the final four. On the other side, you got Ohio State playing Vatek. Ohio State, who uh, knocked off UConn and really just waxed UConn. If you saw that game the other day, um, you know, they they destroyed the UConn women in that game. UConn women, uh, for the first time since, what is it, 2008, not going to the Final Four, which is just mind-boggling when you think about it. But Ohio State just buzzed them. They were really, UConn he was never in that game the other day against Ohio State. So you'll have the two final regional finals tonight if you care about the women. The great South Carolina team under Dawn Staley, that's just a tremendous basketball. we got to watch them play. They basically get two shots every time they come down. Tremendous defensively, dominant uh, under the basket. I mean, they got big size between uh, probably the best player in the country. Well, one of them anyway. I don't know if she's better than this uh, Caitlin Clark from Utah. I don't know about that. But they're different kind of players. But you got Aaliyah Boston and uh, Camilla Cardozo down low for South Carolina. Man, they are unbelievable. Block shots, rebound, crazy stuff. We'll see them tonight against Maryland. And then, like I said, on the other side, you got Ohio State. Uh, against Vatek. Iowa's already there as they blew out Louisville last night behind uh, this girl, Caitlin Clark. I'm telling you, I don't care if you don't like women's college basketball. You got to check this girl out, man. She's she's hitting step-back 30-foot three-pointers. I mean, just crazy for Iowa. Uh, and then on the other side, um, you had LSU advance uh, to the uh, uh, Final Four, of course, uh, led by this uh, young lady named Angel Reese, who is basically a double-double machine uh, for LSU. So that's on the other side. But uh, even the women's basketball is absolutely over-officiated. It's brutal. It's brutal. And nobody calls it out. Nobody calls it out. I'm calling it out. You know, the NFL officiating brutal. The Super Bowl was decided by, by a, a ticky-tack uh, illegal contact call. And the regional final between Creighton and San Diego State was decided by a ticky-tack foul call uh, that benefited San Diego State as they go to the Final Four. All right, Beningo, the O oh, the Pain podcast. Let me get my sponsors in here, and then we'll uh, move on to uh, a couple other topics right now that we will get into. Of course, the uh, Hackensack Brewing Company, God bless them. Don't forget, it's coming up uh, April 7th, Masters Weekend. Uh, we will be at the Brewing Company with the whole mishbuka there, Mike Jones, and Herb, and, and the great TJ, and Andre, and everybody. So check us out. Located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds uh, off Route 4, and beautiful. And I keep, I, I, keep, I hate to keep saying who needs a house out in Hackensack, but clearly who does? Uh, Hackensack, New Jersey. Remember, the tap room's open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Uh, check it out. Come have some older pain beer. You know, as I mentioned, we're going to have new packaging for the Yoda Payne beer now as we get into the baseball season. Uh, we're going to have the Met colors for the Yoda Payne beer as opposed to the Jet colors. So uh, you want to uh, you want to have some of that when you get over to the tap room at the Hackensack Brewing Company. And we'll see you coming up a week uh, from this Friday, April 7th, for the next live podcast. Stay tuned. Uh, maybe some surprises for you uh, coming up for that. 
Of course, I need a discount tire. You know what that is. Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. Go see Johnny. He's just back from Mexico. Uh, go see uh, Ari, his wonderful boss. You need tires. You need work done on your car. This is the place to go. Tell them Beningo sent you. Uh, they do a great job over there. Anita Discount Tire. Uh, see Johnny and see Ari, and uh, they'll take care of you for any needs you have as far as tires or for your car. And, of course, our good friends at DraftKings, we thank them again. They'll be, they'll be with us again uh, for the football season for the third consecutive year. And uh, you want to bet? You want to bet on the Final Four? You want to make some bets on the on the baseball coming up, the NBA playoffs coming in fast and furious, the Stanley Cup playoffs fast and furious as the right now the Rangers and Devils are kind of on a collision course to play in that first-round playoff series coming up very, very fast. That'll be, uh, well, it'll be a tremendous series, but they'll, the pressure will be through the roof <laughs> with the Rangers playing the Devils. Uh, right now, the, the Devils with a four-point lead in the standings uh, for second place in what is it, the Metropolitan, the division behind the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, the NHL playoffs coming up fast and furious. Can anybody beat the almost unbeatable Boston Bruins? We'll see how that works out. And, of course, the NBA playoffs, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. The Knicks right now staying in that five spot in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference, although they've lost their last three games. And uh, the Nets trying to avoid it falling into the play. And I still believe they're in the sixth spot. They lost a bad game yesterday to Orlando. So we'll see how that plays out. But the baseball starting Thursday, uh, you want to you bet that? You want to bet whatever you want to bet. The, uh, the, the Masters coming up, any of the golf that's going to be uh, coming your way. Uh, Sam Burns winning the match play yesterday in Austin, Texas, uh, beating uh, the very underrated Cameron Young. In the final, the kid from uh, right up here in Sleepy Hollow, right across the Tappan Zee Bridge. Uh, so he beat him in that final. And we're just two weeks away, as I said, from going down to Augusta for the Masters. So whatever you want to bet, DraftKings is the way to go. All right. Uh, Beningo, the Ode of Pain podcast. Again, Monday, uh, March 27th. Amazing that March is almost over, almost at April Fool's Day, 2023. Is, is, that, is that Friday? Is April Fool's Day Friday? No, 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 yeah, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. When I do my <clears throat> my next uh, Saturday uh, show on the fan, it'll be April Fool's Day. So maybe we'll be fooled and we'll actually get Aaron Rodgers in the fold. <laughs> and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I continue to wait forever for this guy to come here, okay? Forever and a day. Will Aaron Rodgers be here before the draft? Will Aaron Rodgers be a Jet before the 2024 20, draft? <laughs> right? I mean, well, I, 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 again, <clears throat> I'm going to make my 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 plea to Joe Douglas, okay? You know? I'm going to say Joe, all right? Maybe I should have Coach Sal talk to Joe for me. I doubt he would, but whatever. Like, he's going to, Joe's going to listen to me. He should. You know, well, let me tell you, Joe should be freaking listening to me. You know, Joe? You should be listening to me, all right? You do a great job with the draft, with, with all the draft picks. He does a great job with that. He's been great. Trading for picks. Did a great job last week with the Elijah Moore deal getting a second-round pick back from Cleveland. So you got two number twos now this year to go along with the number one. Here's the deal. I would, And I don't know what he's saying to the Packers, to this guy, Gunquist, whatever the hell his name is. I guess these general manager meetings. Is it this week, right? Is the meetings this week for the general manager? Does anybody know? I'm, I'm talking to the, to the moon here because no, I don't know. I think it is. But, again, Joe, here's the deal. Sit down and say, look. We'll give you one of our number two. You pick the number two you want. You want 42, you want 43, you get either one. I guess you'd want the, the, the earlier one. All right. 
So here's number 42. And then we'll give you our number one draft choice next year. There it is. There's the trade. Let's go. Who says no? Can we do it already? What a disgrace. Oh, my God. I'm getting agitated just thinking about it. I really am getting a little agitated here. Anyway, that's nothing new. How could I not? So hopefully we get this thing done soon. Uh, you know, Rogers is, uh, what else can I say? Uh, we keep waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like waiting, you know, uh, waiting for the sun, the great song by the doors. Well, that's what we, we're waiting for the Aaron. That's what we're doing. And don't hold your breath because I'm, you know, uh, it's, it's making me crazy to say the least. Anyway. All right. So baseball gets started on, on Thursday. The Mets are in Florida to play the Marlins. The Yankees are home to play the Giants. Max Scherzer pitching for the Mets. Uh, Garrett Cole, of course, uh, pitching for the Yankees. And I don't want to belabor the point anymore about all the nonsense with the interleague play that everybody's going to play everybody now. You know, I don't want to get crazy about that, even though it does make me, you know, delirious that that's what, uh, what they're doing now. But, you know, nevertheless, it makes me absolutely nuts. But um, we'll see all the new rule changes coming up as my daughter comes downstairs again. All the new rule changes coming up, okay? Uh, we got, you know, obviously the pitch clock. It's going to be interesting to see that. Uh, throwing over the first base only twice. The bigger bases. You know, the the new shift. The, you know, you can't really use the shift anymore, although I'm sure there's going to be ways around that. You know, we'll see how it all plays out uh, when all is said and done. But the uh, the Mets, I got to be worried. Really, seriously, if you're a Met fan, you got to be a little worried about what's going on with them right now. I really do. I mean, first of all, you're not going to have any, any Edwin Diaz to start the year. So Diaz is done, right? We know that. Not going to see him. You know, the guy has the best year a closer ever had for the Mets. And, of course, he tears, him, tears up his knee in the stupid uh, World Baseball Classic celebrating the win there for Puerto Rico. Why not? Okay? So we're not going to have him. We'll see who the closer is. It'll be David Robertson. Will it be um, uh, uh, Adam Adovino? Will it be a combination of the two? We'll find out about that. Looks like Brandon Nimmo is good and ready to go to start the year. So I think you got to be uh, excited about that that prospect coming up. So we'll see uh, how that all goes. But uh, I think that's, uh, you know, that's that's good that Nimmo is going to be there uh, starting this year, you know, right away for the Mets. Uh, I, but I got to be a little worried. I mean, Max Scherzer is 38, 39 years old. We saw how he crapped out. At the end of the year, the biggest games of the year against Atlanta and against uh, uh, the uh, uh, San Diego Padres, he just did not get the job done. He pitched terrible, and he was breaking down by the end of the year. We'll see about Verlander, who uh, has really not pitched great in the spring. I mean, I don't want to get uh, uh, too crazy about that. I don't know how much that really means, that uh, he has not been uh, very good in, in the spring so far, but we'll see about Verlander, um, you know, and he's 40 years old. So I'm a little worried about that because these are the two guys, as great as they are, walk-in Hall of Famers, first ballot Hall of Famers, and all of that. I'm worried about it. Let's see what you're going to get from these guys. you know. And I'm not so worried about how they're going to pitch in, in uh, April and May as much as I'm going to worry about how they're going to pitch in September and October. So we'll see how that goes down. We'll see what you get from Senga. Obviously, Contenders out for like three months. You're not going to see him for a while. Carlos Carrasco in the back end. You know, we'll see what you get from David Peterson, Tyler McGill. I would assume Peterson will take over Quintana's spot in the rotation. And like I said, we'll get Robertson and Adovino as the uh, the co-closers, if you will. 
And then we'll see. I mean, we got to have a big year out of Pete Alonso. We got to have a big year out of Francisco Lindor. None of the young kids made it. They, they sent everybody down, all the young guys. Alvarez went down. Beatty went down. Uh, all of those guys. Vientos went down. All of them. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio went down. So none of the young kids that you wanted to see coming up here for the Mets wound up making the big team, at least not right away. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is going to start at third base, which is no surprise. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, Starling Monte is back and healthy, which is a good thing. Like I said, it looks like looks good for Nimmo. He's been running around. I guess we'll see him on Thursday in Florida. You know, uh, Mark Canna probably will be the uh, the left fielder with McNeil at second base. This new guy, I forget the guy's name again. He'll be the starting catcher that they got. I, again, I forget. I should know, but I, 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 I'm not. I don't. It won't be Nito. I guess Nito won't be starting. So we'll see. The Mets are in a very difficult division. You know, Atlanta won the division last year. They're only two years removed from the championship. Uh, Philadelphia, right, who the Mets were destroyed last year and, uh, and you know, uh, finished like 13 games ahead of them. They wind up in the World Series. So it's a very, very tough division for the Mets. There's no doubt the American, American the National League East, uh, not easy. So we'll see. You know, you expect big things. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they're one of maybe a lot of teams, really. I mean, who could probably win a World Series? Maybe eight, nine, ten teams that could go on and win a World Championship this year. My wife is approaching, showing me something. Oh, Omar, that's right. No, Omar Navarez, that's right. He's the starting catcher for the Mets. Thank you, darling. My wife checking it out. She's all, my wife's all over. Thanks, God, she's here. Like, my wife now is turned into, like, you know, in the old days when I had the great Ernie Acosta, you're on the other side of the glass. And, of course, Dove Kramer and all of that stuff. Well, that's what my wife has turned into now. She's like a much better looking, and I love you, Ernie, but a much better looking version of Acosta, of Ernie Acosta. So she's giving me a little uh, a little info. Yeah, no doubt about it. Anyways, that's right. Omar Niarvez is the new starting catcher for the Mets, and Tomas Nito will be backing him up. But uh, we'll see uh, Sandy Alcantara, of course, the reigning Cy Young Award winner from the National League. will be on the mound for the Marlins. 4-10 is that start down in uh, Florida on uh, Thursday afternoon. So uh, we'll see. Should be very, very interesting uh, as the Mets get prepared for the 2023 season. And, look, we need to win a World Series, and we know how hard it is uh, to win a World Series. As far as the other side of the town, Yankees' Anthony Volpe is going to be the starting shortstop, as he should be clearly deserve to make the team. To me, with the Yankees, it comes down to one thing, okay? And obviously, Houston got a little bit of a hit here because uh, Altuve got hurt in the WBC. He's out for a couple months. Uh, you know, we'll see uh, how much that really uh, winds up derailing uh, the Houston Astros. But to me, the bottom line is this for the Yankees. They got to beat Houston. The Yankees got to get to a World Series. I mean, for them, it's been an eternity. 2009 is a long, long time ago when you talk about the Yankees not making a World Series appearance. You know, we're going on 14 years for them now. And like I said, that's forever, you know, dropping a bucket for the Mets, but forever, you know, for the uh, for the New York Yankees. So we'll see how that plays out for them. Uh, should be very, very interesting. Uh, but to me, that's what it comes down to. Can you beat Houston? Now, Verlander's gone. So uh, the Astros take a hit there. As I mentioned, Altuve out for a couple months. So there's a hit there, but uh, we'll see. Can the Yankees finally get knocked the door down? You know, the division, I mean, I don't know. Is, is anybody that gets me excited in their division? You know, Baltimore certainly was a lot better. I don't expect them to win the division. I'm not uh, 
excited about the Toronto Blue Jays. The Red Sox are still a team that's, uh, you know, trying to find their way. Tampa is always a dangerous team. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays are always extremely, extremely dangerous. So, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, my money's still on the Yankees. Uh, look for Aaron Judge to have another big year coming off, signing a big contract. I don't think he's going to hit 62 home runs again, but I would think he'll have a, a big year. And look for Garrett Cole to really have a big year uh, for the Yankees. So Yankees open up Thursday. They play the San Francisco Giants at the stadium. The Mets will open up on Thursday. They'll play the Miami, Florida Marlins uh, down in, uh, in Miami. So there you go. Baseball here. Great sports week coming up. You got the Final Four this weekend. Uh, in Houston, of course, you got the baseball starting up as well. We continue to wait on the Aaron Rodgers disaster and, and that whole deal. So, you know, we'll see, uh, how it plays out when, uh, when all is said and done and we'll see about my golf game as I continue to, the weather's finally, uh, starting to break a little bit played yesterday, still very, very up and down, still nowhere near where I need to be as far as my, uh, my golf game is concerned. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can do with uh, with that. But, you know, my wife's laughing. We're actually playing tomorrow. We're playing Blue Hill tomorrow with, with the Duke. Played with the Duke yesterday. Played Blue Hill tomorrow with the Duke. Terry will be playing with us tomorrow. The weather's finally starting to break a little bit here. Yesterday was gorgeous, uh, like 65 degrees and sunny uh, yesterday here. So uh, that all was very, very good. But we'll see uh, how it plays out. All right. I want everybody to enjoy themselves, have a, a great week. You know, before I go, I want to give a shout out to a young lady who, and I don't want to get into all the parameters of it, but I'm going to give this, this young lady a shout out because she is, is doing some serious, serious work here to help in our country. And that's a young swimmer from the University of Kentucky, beautiful girl by the name of Riley Gaines. And I don't want to go into what Riley's doing and the cause that she's out there champion, but she says she's, uh, she's out there fighting hard for women's sports. And I'm going to leave it at that. Fighting hard to keep only women in women's sports. And I don't want to get political. I don't like to get into that. But I am all over that, you know? Women playing women's sports, men playing men's sports, women playing women's sports. What a, what a concept. God bless you, Riley Gaines. God bless you. Keep up the great work. Everybody have a great week. I will be back. Enjoy the sports all week. Enjoy opening day on Thursday. I will be back to break it all down for you on Friday. All the love, everybody. <laughs>